Um, but it's something I really struggle with. I when you know, early in my earlier walk, you know, we say that the word is God breathed, that is it's the Bible, it's true. And uh, and maybe this is a little bit too too weighty to open up this morning, but you know, when we talk about different versions, I'm I'm always I struggle with certain things of like, well, why like why did this this you know why does this say this and who was translating it at the yeah. time? But again, the, these questions that seem a little bit taboo of like, well, you like we're getting close to the question of like, well, the Bible isn't like it's it, people have said put different things in there. Welcome to Next Steps. I'm Pastor James Adcock with Miss Darby Bell Adcock. How are you doing this morning, Miss Darby? I am wonderful. How are you this morning? Good. The big joke a little bit yesterday was your coffee. Yes. So you got it. Got it. This is actually my second cup. Second cup. Man, so, you are raring to go. That's right. So if any of my thoughts go everywhere, there's no excuse. <laughs> you know, I just finished a book called Caffeine. Really? What was it? Was it about coffee? It was about coffee. It was about caffeine in general, but specifically coffee and tea. Oh. And how it was discovered that coffee helped people focus in better. And how tea did as well. But there's... There's a positive ramifications, but there are also negative ramifications with caffeine because here's the funny thing. People drink coffee to stay awake, Mm -hmm. but they also drink coffee at night that keeps them up. So what keeps them up is the same thing that wakes them up. Mm. So it's kind of this horrific, horrific cycle that people go through, you know, and uh, especially now with soda drinks that are sugary and caffeinated. And, Mm. you know, I've known people who've, I laughed one time I was doing a wedding and uh, there was a little girl, probably two with a bottle full of Mountain Dew. <laughs> and I, I said to the dad, I said, well, you probably shouldn't give it to her. And he said, why? I said, well, it's full of caffeine and sugar. And he's like, there's no caffeine or sugar in Mountain Dew. Whee! I was like, well, if that's where we're at, that's all where right. we're at. Yeah. So well, uh, I, denial all the way. Oh. Well, even with um, like Europeans, like the European culture, they'll have like espresso after their, after their meal, and I'm like, I know, I'm pretty sure you guys can correct me in the comments, but I'm pretty sure espresso does not have as much caffeine, in it. But so people have espresso after their dinner to like help digest and stuff. But I still feel like that would keep me up, so I have to stop drinking coffee at like, three. And if I, but if I ha- we're doing something in the evening too, I, I need to have like a healthy energy drink or something. This is this is the quote I I told you I've been doing I've been uh, copying quotes down forever sermon series or points. But this is the quote I got from the book Caffeine: "The enemy of sleep is the friend to waking." So do you hear that? Yes. <laughs> so, but uh, but enjoy your coffee. Thank you. I enjoy my Coca Cola. I actually, I don't know if anybody's a, like a tea drinker, but like black tea, so like chai is black tea. So I actually enjoy having chai tea and then sometimes I'll put like two shots of espresso in that and that is my favorite way to stay focused. Like if I have too much coffee, which we'll find out in this podcast because I'm on cup two, but I'll, I'll just, it starts to just get, I start hearing colors, you know, it just gets a little crazy in the brain. I'm, a, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty illegitimate in co- coffee. So I don't know, I, but but as someone looking from the outside in, I would say espresso would have a lot more caffeine in it, but you're saying no. I thought so, but I'm I'm pretty sure espresso doesn't have quite as much caffeine as, maybe as the, coffee. Maybe the question of the day. I know, maybe it, Google it and let us know in the comments. That's right. We'll see if, see if uh, Miss Darby is correct or not on her second cup of coffee here. Yeah. So, well, Darby, we, uh, we've been in, we got back into blessed to be blessed. 
uh, Bless to Bless series yesterday. Number five. Number five. Great sermon yesterday. If you if you missed it, go check it out on Facebook. It was great. Great sermon yesterday. Two more to go. Two more to go. And we're only in the first chapter of the three chapters of the sermon. So um, we are in a point where I was originally going to start in the middle. And I don't know, again, if Lord, between the Lord and common sense, it was like, why start in the middle when you should be at the beginning? So I had a purpose of why I wanted to start in the middle. But, uh, you know, sometimes my purpose and God's purpose are two different things. So we went with the gods. And, and, and um, someone told me yesterday it is the the best and the worst series that I've ever preached. Oh, yeah. So I was like, well, what is that supposed to mean? And uh, I guess because it... it it's convicting. <laughs> yeah, convicting at some points for some people, and I guess that makes it the worst. And then there's other points that's, oh, yeah, I get that, and that makes it the best. Sure. So, but, you know, I've always heard sermons ought to be like surgery. Mm-hmm. You know, there ought to be, you know, some gut-wrenching moments. Yeah. And, and that's not gut-wrenching moments out of the flesh, but gut-wrenching moments from the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. talking with each person individually about his or her life. Absolutely. So, um, and even as you, you know, before we go into what we were talking about for the sermon yesterday, I even, you know, when you're just like, why would I start in the middle when I should just start at the beginning? And I just kind of had the thought again, because we were always talking about next steps of how, how do we read our Bible, just kind of things that we're really working on and just, you know, these stories and these testimonies that we're reading and even just play like wherever you're reading at in the Bible, it has a beginning point. Yeah. Like I, I think it's in Matthew that I did a study and it was a story, it's a story about the woman who was caught in adultery and, you know, they, the Pharisees were trying to catch, you know, set Jesus up and mm-hmm. they bring the woman, they didn't bring the man, they, you know, but they brought the woman trying to embarrass her, all that kind of stuff. But right, I, I believe it's only in Matthew, correct? And it's not in... Uh, well, off the top of my head, I can't recall that it's one. It's but... either... It's either in Matthew or John, but for whatever reason, only one of the um, Gospels has this included, and it has, like, just at the beginning, it says, then this happened, or I'm, and I'm paraphrasing, but the word was then, and then part of my, the, our, our teacher, bless you, part Sorry. of our, our teacher was, uh, she was saying, like, if, if something is saying then, like, we're, we're jumping into a middle of a, of a story right there, yeah. and I think so often we read the Bible as, like, and we just aren't, aren't using our deductive reasoning we're not using our our skills of like wait a sec you know because we just then this happened and i i i was convicted of like well yeah it just says this in the bible and i didn't really think if it was in the beginning because it's the bible you know but these are these are ways that we put put our you know just our our new perspective goggles on and we're just really just asking like hey is, is this the beginning should i you know most often there's something setting up the text of what you're reading right so I, 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 no, I, nice that's a great point. We have 66 books, books that we call the Bible. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a rhyme and reason to the 66 books, but they're not always chronological. Mm-hmm. Many people think Job was the very first book written, not Genesis. Mm-hmm. Now, we would think in the beginning was God and, you know, that's Genesis 1. Well, okay, that's true. And that's why it's in the beginning, Genesis. But, but you know, if, if theologians and translators are right and Job was the first book written, why isn't Job first, right? Well, Job's a different story. It's it's in a different genre of the Bible. So the Bible's broke up in different genres. Like in the Old Testament, you have the law, you have the prophets, and you have poetry. Mm-hmm. New Testament, you have the gospels, you have the epistles, and then you got the prophetic, uh, which is revelation. And, and so, 
even the gospels themselves, and you bring up a great example of the woman caught in adultery, whether it's Matthew or John, but each of the authors wrote for a specific purpose to a specific group. And in that, they were not worried. They weren't concerned about being in a chronological order. I mean, take Mark and John. They don't even deal with the birth of Christ, Mm -hmm. but Matthew and Luke do. Yeah. And Matthew does it from a different perspective than Luke does. Yeah. And so there's a great Bible out there called the Chronological Bible. If you ever wanted to, and I think you can get it free on YouVersion or Bible.com. And basically you can begin at the beginning and, and just read the Bible in chronological order, including the Old Testament and New Testament. And the New Testament it kind of brings all the parables and all the stuff together about the time that they think it was done. But it's an interesting way to yeah. do it. But we're we're a very... Our culture is very A, B, C, D. Jesus's culture was very pictures. Mm-hmm. It was word pictures. So David would write, the Lord is my shepherd, where others would write, well, the Lord is good, the Lord's kind, the Lord's mm-hmm. gracious. And those are all true, just different way of thinking. Yeah. And and sometimes we we don't bring that into the reading. Sometimes yeah. sometimes there's a picture, and like you said, the word then, you know, refers to a time piece and, and we're just kind of, we're just kind of following a sequence of order, not really paying attention to the wording. And all, you know, all that we're, we're trying to say again is just giving some next steps of, you know, just if, if you're reading your Bible and you catch a word like then, or, you know, jumping right in the middle, knowing that there's something before then, like even especially in the story of the you know, woman caught in adultery, where it, it would start, you know, it says then, where we, you know, we look it up, what's the passage, where it starts, because it says then there are, there are things in the text beforehand that not just set up the testimony of what's happening, but there are just things that they're talking about. Um, it's a certain festival that's happening at that time. And what does that mean? It's one of the largest festivals of the year. So it's a, a very public, hugely public place that yeah. this is happening. So all that to say, just start to look at these these words of, you know, are, are, are you starting in the middle? Is this, is this at the end? Because there's probably a lot more context that you can learn if you go back to the beginning. So that's just kind of what I was... Well, and I, I faced this in yesterday's message because there's three words that the King James Version and the New King James Version include, but no other version does. Mm-hmm. And these three words have bothered me in this series because... Jesus says, if you, and this is KJV here, if you're angry with your brother without a cause, and it's always bothered me because I'm just like, okay, what is, what is the cause? It seemed like there ought to be um, asterisks and here's the causes, mm-hmm. but we don't have that. Yeah. And we know the Bible says you can be angry, uh, be angry and sin not. We we understand Jesus took the whip and he and he cast out the the thieves in the in the temple area with that we understand Jesus had righteous anger. But my question to the text was, okay, why why are the translators of the RSV, Revised Version, Amplified Version, English Standard Version, uh, New International Version, um, why are they not including these three words? And these three words make a big deal to me. Um, if you're angry with your brother without a cause, you're in danger of judgment. Or if you're angry with your brother, you're in danger of judgment. Those have three, two different conclusions. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like I can look at one and say, well, I have a cause. But I think the question comes, is it a righteous cause? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't like the way you, uh, I don't like the way you um, did something today. Okay, that's not a righteous cause. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way you talked. Well, okay, that may be disrespectful, um, but that may not be necessarily a call for 
anger. Mm -hmm. And so we read it both ways yesterday in the message, but it just goes to your example again of, okay, when something's there in the scriptures, don't be afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to ask the the text questions because if you don't ask the question, you're never going to get deeper into the word. And, And I felt like the idea without a cause we used it, but I, but I felt like in most cases that I'm least familiar with, and maybe I'm just speaking of myself, that when I'm angry, it's not typically righteous anger. Yeah. It's typically I didn't get my way or typically it didn't go the way I wanted to. And, you know, the line at the fast food restaurant was too long or too, took too long at Starbucks, you know, whatever the situation is. And it has really nothing to do with anything of eternal value. Yeah. It has more to do with my personal preference. Yeah. And I even thought, you know, you skimmed over this yesterday and that's what this podcast is for is the things that we didn't quite get to go deep into we can talk about you know the next day um but you had mentioned saying that you know kjv you know it's only in two of these versions and then you know it's like why why is it not in the other versions well it's a little bit dicier of a conversation um but it's something i really struggle with i went you know early in my earlier walk you know we say that the word is god breathed that it is it's the bible it's true and uh and maybe this is a little bit too too weighty to open up this morning but you know when we talk about different versions i'm i'm always i struggle with certain things of like well why like why did this this you know why does this say this and who was translating it at the yeah. time but again the these questions that seem a little bit taboo of like well you like we're getting close to the question of like well the bible isn't like it's people have said put different things in there and that's a really hard hard thing to talk about because we start to get closer to that thing of just well how does that work with who decides the versions and who who picks these words and everything the scripture is god breathe and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness and that that is the truth um but I just, I thought maybe you could elaborate on that. And we don't maybe not have the right answers, but that's something I, I'll personally say is that I, I have struggled with, um, being like, oh, and reading, like I grew up on NIV. Mm-hmm. So having people quote KJV some days, I'm like, that's not what I, that's right. not what I know. And I, right. I feel for people who are, you know, who love KJV and have grown up on it. And then, you know, all these newer versions come out. It's like, well, that's blasphemy because that's not what I memorized. Yeah. The, and this is a hot debate, you know, among many people get really hot under the collar about this. But if you can, if you can think of this in two, two different circles, you have two different worlds that the Bible was translated from. You have the Alexandrian text, which is Egypt, and you got the Texas receptive text. And your KJV, your English, your revised, your amplified are the Texas receptive. Mm-hmm. Your NIV and some of those others are out of the Alexandrian. Now you say, okay, what's the big deal? Here's the big deal. Everybody says nothing good comes out of Egypt. Mm. And so that's, that's, and again, I'm not, I'm not here to make people upset. I'm just kind of giving some of the arguments that catch 22 sure. here. Here's the, here's the issue. Every English version we have is a translation of the Bible. The, we don't have the original Hebrew in Greek. Yeah. And, you know, even people who are strong KJV people, 16, they, they couldn't read a 1611. But look, 1611. Look, well, that's the original time the 16 mm. the KJV came out. But there's copies. There's copyrights now. 1972, 1977. They've updated the language, and even with all of the these and the thous that we have in the KJV now, imagine how much more that was 
you know, 1611. So again, it, it comes down to a, what trans, you know, and then we got, we're kind of getting into things. Then sometimes people all of a sudden want to turn this into a big argument rather than looking at, okay, what can people be saved from an IV? I've heard people can be saved from the Quran. Mm. I, heard, I heard people can be saved from the, from the book of Mormons mm-hmm. because there's enough gospel in both. I'm not saying they're inspired. Don't, don't, don't say that I'm yeah. saying, I'm just saying there are certain scriptures in the Quran that point to Jesus Christ as the only Messiah. Mm-hmm. And there's certain things in the book of Mormon that point to Jesus as the Messiah. And people don't know that, but I remember, remember what Paul said. Paul's writing to the church in Philippi. He's in jail and people are griping, complaining that there are other people out there preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. And Paul, Paul said something of this nature and I'm not going to be able to quote it directly, but he's like, I am amazed and I'm excited that the gospel of Christ continues to be preached, whether it's for the right reason or not. Mm. You know, and it's it's this idea that people are like, well, they shouldn't be doing this. They got the wrong motivation, but they're still preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that was kind of Paul's mentality. And Paul's in prison. Paul's not like, oh, this is wrong. This is sinful. You know, and it's all of a sudden. And here's one of the tragedies of our church is we cut people off because, quote unquote, they don't agree with us. Yeah. You know, or oh, they brought the wrong version to the to the table. Okay, well let's let's put our big boy pants on and let's 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 be mature about this and i always say this eat the chicken spit the bones yeah and i you know this is something that we can save for another time too but this is something that i've really watched in this um i don't even say modern but just there there's a this time where and we've talked about this too of uh and i've shared a little bit about i see some of our friends who were you know i'm I'm 28, and so anywhere from like early 20s to late 20s, um, who are really on fire for the Lord, who are involved in church, who you know are in some of these modern churches, who are in the Word. It's wonderful, but I've seen these things that really bother me. Of there's this, what do I always say? It's just like you're turning on other Christians of like, oh well, they use this text, and that's actually false gospel, or that's something that's you know, I, it's something that's really near and dear to my heart because I'm like. There of all the things that we could be debating right now, this is what you're deciding to debate on, yeah. and and this and again, this is not anything that's really happening at BBC or anything, but this just that kind of sparked my my thought of it's people really get so so worked up of like, well, that's not what my what it says, and yeah. I can't believe these people are sharing that. But the truth is, like you said, they're they're sharing the gospel, and as long as it is, it is the truth of of Jesus Christ. You know, I, and I know we're getting into it, you know, it, the the circle can get bigger of like politics, you know, just all that kind of stuff. I know we're not quite getting out there for mm-hmm. that, but it's something that's really bothered me of seeing these, um, these, I don't want to say younger, but this young adult group that's, and I'm sure it happens in with adults too. It's, sure. They're so quick to just, I don't know if it's judging or to just kind of be like, that's shut down. Yeah. You know, it's, um. It was funny in Israel because our, our rabbi George, and I, I say this jokingly, he'll be with us here in a few weeks, but um, he said, does anybody got their Bible? And I, I think it was Malachi, mm-hmm. your husband. He says, yeah, I got my phone. He said, no, that's not a Bible. I need a real Bible. And I was just like, what? <laughs> and, and, and again, I don't know what, I don't know what the exact 
history was behind it. But I just kind of laughed like, what well, he can pick any version you want right here. You know, it's, it's within a hands thing on your phone. But a lot of people, when when phone when Bible apps first start coming out, yeah, I'm showing my age, but people are like, I can't believe people are playing on their phone in church, right? And I'm just like, oh, they're using a Bible app. There's a Bible app. Mm-hmm. I've had to come along to that because even like I'm I'm with our you know our rabbi when I was I teased my husband about it but he's you know he's on his phone and I'm somebody I'm like I'm I'm going to read my Bible the book yes. like <laughs> but, I got touch it feel it smell it that's everything right. yeah so and you know that's great um, but we're also reaching a generation where people are born from the womb with an iPhone in their hand totally you know and so kids are it's all it's all digital. Um, and you know, we can fight it, we can argue against it, we can debate it, but the problem is this, how are we going to get the gospel to them? Mm-hmm. How are we going to get the gospel of Christ to them? And, um, and so I just, I just say, man, truth is truth. And something that, uh, our, our rabbi really, um, that really stuck with me, we, we happened to be talking about, um, a very hot topic, political, something that was, you know, happening at that time. And he said, and it really just struck me. He's like, man, I just, I don't know what this looks like tangibly or what this looks like to be carried out tangibly. All I know is I think, and I, he can correct me for the quote, but he's, he's just like, all I know is that I think we should just hold this a little bit looser. I, I don't know what that looks like. We we don't um, we don't compromise the truth, but just we, again, like it's like the the Bible app on our phone is not the Bible and we're, we, it, we get so angry and we hold that. And for a lot of things, maybe this, you know, even if you're listening today, it's like, what things can I just loosen the reins on a little bit? We're not talking about compromise of truth. We're just talking about some of that, um, just the spirit of legalism that, mm-hmm. that is on us that we can't help sometimes. And what is man-made in our brain that we say, this is the way it should be. But maybe if we sat down with Jesus, he'd be like, well, let me tell you, you got it wrong. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and just kind of on that you know, just kind of backtracking to we were talking about, you know, different versions and that kind of stuff. Maybe, um, again, next step tangible is just take out a few versions or get on, on, on your phone, look up a few things, find a verse, look up different versions and, and ask yourself and ask, you know, not, not just yourself, but ask and go study. Why was this word used there and not here? And, and again, the word is living and active. We always say that. Mm -hmm. And the more that we can dive in and study that and ask like, well, why, when did this word change and why, where did that, where did it come from that culture i think you'll be so surprised at how the text will will continue to open up because it is still the the living breathing word of god i found from teachers and pastors of all different ranks that line up on both sides of the aisle of trans translations is male or female when they're teaching the word often will break down a verse in that vernacular Mm -hmm. you know um take job 31 one for a moment we used it yesterday and joe makes his commitment not to cast his eyes upon a maiden well if i was to say and i said it yesterday i quoted it as that but i used two other versions with that yesterday i said other versions say i won't cast my eyes upon a woman or i won't cast my eyes upon a virgin mm-hmm. now if you're and you're out you know you're young and and so you're say you're sitting in church for the very first time yesterday and i use the word maiden I'm thinking of like, I don't know, maybe in my mind, I'm thinking like some girl on a ship. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I don't know, maybe I, will, I don't know if that comes like to Renaissance your, time. Yeah, Renaissance. Yeah. And 
catch my eyes on a maiden or you know a maid you know and i'm thinking of this lady in a white white and black dress or something um but but when I say I'm not going to cast my eyes upon a woman, that's a whole different story for me. Or then upon a virgin, that's again, it's another, it's a, different that's a whole story. different story. If I, if I was just sitting there in church for the first time, heard that I'd be like, okay, so if another woman has had sex and they're not a virgin, then he can look at, you know, right. it just means so many different things. And I'm having this conversation with an older couple, not, not about Job 131, one, but the conversation about, church ver- translations music just kind of all the genres of the church today and they said we just can't compromise we just can't but thank you for reaching our grandkids and I, and I thought to myself that right there is two oxymorons yeah. because you're unwilling to change but you're thankful for the change enough because it's brought your grandkids in yeah. And, I, and I, like, what are we willing to do? And again, I'm not talking about compromising truth, yep. but what are we willing to do to ensure our kids, mm-hmm. our grandkids still want the gospel, mm-hmm. still want to live for the gospel. And the things that I'm saying today may not have been able to be said 50 years ago yep. because it would have been so controversial. And that's, you know, again, we're talking about like the spirit of legalism of, you know, just you know, and that, cause I, I think of that, of like how, how much of like, well, we're, you know, you're saying like, we can't compromise the things of, and I'm just giving an example and maybe this is, you know, a little bit left field, but, um, giving the example of like, well, we're not going to compromise. We wear our Sunday best every single Sunday to Sunday, sure. but now the kids are not wearing tuxes. They're not wearing their best. So thank you so much. Like, we're not going to compromise, but thank you so much for reaching grandkids. And that even, that's just a little example. I know that there are many others in there, but that to me is a spirit of legalism. There, there, there might be, that's a man-made thing of, you know, we, yes, it's a wonderful thing to want to wear our best, but that's a whole other topic. Some people don't have their best. Some, well, you know, some jeans are their best, ripped yeah. things are their best, but that's something of like, is that a man-made idea that that we've brought in, that we've put on other people to say, like, we're not going to compromise for that. What kind of goes to yesterday's message a little bit too is like Jesus said, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. And you talk about dress, their robes had to be magnificent, you know, with the tassels and everything that went with it and all the representation of it. And as a person sitting, how do I do that? And Jesus like, it starts with the heart. Yeah. Would, would, would we prefer to have a hundred people dressed right careless in their walk with Christ or a hundred people not dress accordingly, but have their heart set right for Christ. And I think the answer is obvious, Mm -hmm. but that's what we have to come to. We have to come to these terms. And I think this is what Jesus, this, this, the sermon on the Mount is so controversial because Jesus is dealing with faith things, but he's not dealing with it from our level. He's dealing with it from God's level. Mm -hmm. And I think that's huge. Yeah. You know, so, you know, we, we conclude here, you know, Darby, our, I think our next step is kind of like you said, maybe maybe get into the Word, open it up in a couple different translations, just get some ideas, ask some questions, mm-hmm. um, see where it takes you. And the questions, we've said this at, you know, earlier in our, our episodes, but the questions are okay. Like God God can handle your questions, even the ones of like, I've struggled with something, with these different versions. Sometimes when I was a little bit younger in my, in my walk, I, I would see different versions and I would get angry of who gets to decide these versions. And I'm like, well, is... 
is the word of God true? You know, like of like what I'm reading, and it is. That's not what I'm saying at all. But the, the that was a question that I had, and that's those are some of these questions that we get closer to. Of like, are these a little bit too taboo to ask? Can I? You can because God's word is true, and His truth is it, it will stand with it can stand your emotions it can stand the questions so yeah. if if you're not asking questions you're doing it wrong learn to separate conviction with personal convictions mm-hmm. you know and we'll we'll leave that there maybe pick it up sometime next week so darby good having you this today yeah. hope you have a great day enjoy thank the you. second cup of coffee thank you too All we right. um if you guys have any thoughts please put them in the comments answer the thing about espresso if you want to but sure. maybe you can share some things that you've thought about about the versions um different versions of the bible that you have have you know thought you've gathered whatever and be that kind. is and be kind and be please kind. These, <laughs> these comment sections are not to be whatever facebook does yeah, yeah, we're not to bully people yeah well, the people call it trolling trolling so don't yes. don't be trolls yes be kind. be kind we love you guys we see you guys next week see you next week